getting out of the arena and going for a relaxing hack with your horse is wonderful. And yet, I also think it's really important to consider that hacking or trail riding or whatever you call it does not have to be all just about relaxing and doing nothing. In fact, there's an energy there that you can actually begin to harness to move things forward with your riding and with your horse. And today I want to talk specifically about working on the working contact that you can develop between you and your horse when you're out on a hack. Okay, let's start. Hey there, my name is Lorna Leeson and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast. This is a podcast for equestrians who are training or working alone without a trainer or coach and just trying to make the best of it. And I really and truly hope to inspire you each week to keep moving forward in your riding. Okay, so we've been talking about hacking. And in fact, all this month inside of Connection, my membership, we actually have been talking about hacking. This was one of the the topics that we've been working on and we've been using the audio horse riding lessons to help improve this, this working contact while you're out on the trail. And today I want to speak with you about this because I really and truly feel that all riders, we're always working towards a soft and intuitive and responsive contact when we ride. And it's important to remember that your contact can shift and adapt depending on what the specific focus is, okay? So it's like relaxation, it's like everything. It depends on what you're doing, it's not going to be the same. And this is really what working contact is. You see many riders and they're riding, they're doing an exercise and they have this contact. But as soon as something changes, okay? So they maybe ride a transition or they go around a bend. You know, a bend is a change, hey? You go from straight to bendy. But as soon as they do something different, they lose the contact and they lose it because the contact they had was not suitable for the next piece of work that they rode into. And I think it's important for you as a rider to begin to develop a contact that can evolve, that can adapt, that is supple, okay, that's bendy, that's like got this loosey-goosiness to it, so is that it's able to actually work with you and your horse going forward. So I'm going to suggest that when you're out on the trail next, okay, I've got a couple of tips here and a couple of exercises that you can use and that you can ride in order to really figure out potentially what could be holding you back and also where to focus your attention in developing for you and your horse so you can achieve that working contact on the trail by harnessing that energy and then bring it back into the arena with you. Okay, deal? Deal. So the first thing is, how independent are you really? Now, I know... We can sometimes fool ourselves here, can't we? We think we are the most independent riders that ever rode a horse. We are like, please, I have got that. But you know, independent, okay, being independent is, it's a tricky one. Because as you evolve as a rider, as you develop, as you change, as you grow, and you are doing all those things, independence changes with it and what worked as maybe one version of you or what worked for one version of you in the saddle it's important to remember that that has to too evolve and grow with you and that it has to be tweaked in order to work for the next version of you in the saddle okay and I can tell you now after the kind of I've been training and teaching uh, equestrians and riders for over 20 years now and there's two things that everybody wants it's 
to have the horses, quote unquote, on the bit and it's to develop more feel. But both of those things really and truly are anchored in being independent, okay? Um, I would say that when you can really and truly work on the independent seat, that you are not twisting or moving one part of your body when you move the other part okay and that's common and sometimes we don't realize we're doing it it is really common but when you can truly work each aid independently and then coordinate those independent aids together to produce a question that's where you and your horse can begin to flow together that energy can really flow through okay that kind of this um, partnership, this working together towards something, because at the end of the day, that's what contact is. Contact is working together, okay? It's you and your horse kind of come to this agreement. Oh, look, we're going to work together now. Marvellous. I've got my responsibilities. You've got yours. Perfect. Let's keep going. So the first tip that I'm going to suggest that you focus on when you're out in the trail the next time is to test your aids, okay? So test them in walk. And walk I like because it's slow enough to well, to discover where things maybe aren't working the way you thought they were working, okay? But also, you can really experience each movement, okay? And then from there, I sometimes feel that the canter is easier than the trot. And this is because the trot has this natural rhythm. The horse will just fall into a natural rhythm. And we can often, oh, I don't know, fool ourselves. It can mask things a little. So try it in the walk, try it in the canter. Of course, try it in the trot as well. But test all your different aids. See how independent, see how easily you can move. You can kind of change things. And then from there, notice where there's any maybe lack of independence or a dependency um, across your body and I say across because very often you'll get diagonals um, in your body that'll work together and you don't necessarily want that you want them not so much okay but uh, you can test that with your horse and see how it goes okay the second exercise that I feel you can work on with your horse while out on a hack or out on the trail that's going to help work into this working contact is the half halt now I do believe half halts should be sprinkled liberally everywhere so our groundwork our lunging our riding in the arena our riding on the trail okay you want to really and truly work on your half halt and I do think that when you can combine your independent there's that word again independent aids with a really well-timed half halt okay a well-balanced well-timed it's just this yeah it's a good example of a half halt fit for that exact moment of the ride that's where you can begin to really and truly tap into the energy that's available to you when you're out hacking with your horse. Now, there was a key word in that sentence, and it was well-timed. That's the next thing that I want you to work on. Because very often as riders, we're actually timing our half-halts not the best, okay? I want you to think about how if you were to half-halt when your horse's maybe weight was on the front end, okay? So if they're on a part of the stride where maybe a front foot is on the ground and you're half-halting, you're actually going to make things a bit heavier in front. So it is important to work on timing the half-halt and that is the next tip. 
focus on it. Focus on timing the half halt. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to link in the show notes to this. So if you're using your phone now and you're listening, if you just scroll down, there'll be a link there to a free audio training I have on the half halt. If you're a little bit confused, you're thinking, time it, where, where do I time it? I don't know what I'm timing it with. Marvelous. There you go. That's there, okay? And if you're if you want to type it into a computer, it's stridesforsuccess.com forward slash halt. That'll be there as well. But as I said, all the links are going to be there for you. Okay, the third thing to work on when you're out in the trail out on a hack and you want to really and truly begin engaging things so as you can begin to produce a more working contact for you and your horse is engaging your horse's back and becoming lighter okay now when you have got to the point where your aids are independent where you're timing a half halt you've actually created a pretty good channel for energy okay and the energy now should should flow technically okay from the back to the front you harness it in the front that's where you begin to get contact okay however there's very often this issue of a rider's bum being in the way and the horse yeah he might try and lift his back I'll chat more about that just in a second okay but the bum is blocking everything the backside it's just there it's like and the horse is like okay well I've nowhere to go I can't go anywhere. I've got this this big bum in my way. Okay, why do we want our horses to lift our back? Do a little experiment there, wherever you are. It doesn't matter if you're standing up, you're sitting down, you're riding your horse, you're driving your car. It makes no odds, okay? I want you to just um, engage your core right now. Okay, when you do it, I want you to notice how when you engage your core, you kind of grow a little bit. Have you noticed that? You, you just become slightly taller, Okay. Your horse does a very similar thing. When he engages his core, which is really the underside of his tummy, okay? So when he's engaging there, and it's not just the underside, of course, it's all it's all through his core, okay? But when he engages there, he also lifts his back slightly. He grows a little bit too, okay? And when he does that, it's important that we are creating space for him to, to grow into, that there's somewhere there that he can engage into, yeah? So our job as riders, a lot of it comes down to being able to yeah, be a little bit lighter on our horse's back. Now, this has absolutely nothing to do with how much you weigh. Nothing at all. Okay? Not a thing. This has to do with how you are carrying yourself. And also, again, here's that word, how independent you are. Okay? But this time, rather than focusing on your independent aids... We want your movement to be independent. Now, where a lot of riders fall down here, literally, is in the trot, okay? And specifically when they're posting in the trot, they are relying on the horse to bump them up and down, okay? And as soon as that movement of the horse, that energy that the horse is creating to trot, as soon as that goes away, yeah, those riders are on the struggle bus, eh? They, they can't get up and down themselves. And where you'll often see this, and this is something I noticed myself, so after being out of riding for a few years, having babies and all that fun stuff, um, coming back, where it became really obvious, and this might be something that you can attest to, is as soon as the horse loses balance, so it could be just where the rhythm goes, where they just step slightly on a, a little piece of unlevel ground, and this is obviously quite common for this to happen when out on the trail okay or out on a hack um 
you it feels like you're going to fall down it's like whatever was there holding you up is suddenly gone now we wanted the opposite way around we wanted that you're balanced enough so that you can actually just regain and help your horse to regain and off we go together okay and that is my third tip for you to focus on when you're on the next hack or trail with your horse focus on your independence in the rising trot okay so notice are you posting yourself or are you allowing your horse to post for you okay so I do think that when you begin to spend time on this and then coupling it with the previous two points that we spoke about so the independent aids and also then timing things a little bit better you are going to be able to really and truly I don't know, just become more independent so that you're not blocking the energy. Your bum is not blocking the energy flowing through. Okay, so all that being said and done, now you've got this, we've got this energy flowing, we've created this channel, it's all flowing underneath us. Now you can start gathering the energy into that working contact, okay? And as I said before, contact is like an agreement. It's, and I do feel it takes time to get to. It takes time for the rider to develop sufficiently and the horse so as they can each say, okay, we're here together. I've got my responsibilities. You've got your responsibilities, but we're going to work together going forward, okay? And it also can be quite a mindset shift for riders because, we can often get in the habit of wanting to control everything. I don't know if you feel like that sometimes, but I know, isn't it funny when, when we kind of are new to anything? I felt like this as well with uh, my kids. So when I, you know, first had the kids, you kind of want to control everything. <laughs> and it can be a whole learning curve, learning to just step back and say, okay, I've got my little bit, I'll worry about my little bit, but everybody else must worry about their little bit as well. Um, and that as a writer can be, oh, it can be a toughy okay it is it really it's it's difficult I also experienced this in my writing as well so I do know firsthand um, and remember if you're going to relinquish if you want some control over to your horse so you're going to say to your horse okay I'm not going to look after that anymore that's your business you're going to look after that piece now it does require a certain amount of trust and partnership and faith going forward okay and really and truly I feel that when you are beginning to work with your horse on contact you have to keep this in mind it is a long-term process not that it's going to be long-term to actually create contact but to get to the point where the contact is working where you have that softness that it's like this intuitive feel there's that word remember I told you the two the two the holy grails of horse riding on the bit and feel okay but but when you've got those, that really intrigued, that comes from this trust, this partnership. And both people, both, well, people, both rider and horse, okay, horse and rider, understanding that they each have a role within the partnership. Very, very, very important. Now, if you're finding that your horse is potentially not developed enough to truly engage in his contact, okay, you might find that um, he can't yet work in a rhythm. Maybe the relaxation is, is not great enough. It is important to understand that there are other things that have to come first, okay? 
And this is why if you look at contact in the context of the training scale, it's a little bit higher up, yeah? Not at the bottom. No, 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 no. You need to build on it, okay? So work on those things first. Work on the relaxation. Work on the rhythm. Work on the suppleness. Get all those together. And then from there, you will eventually be able to put it all together nicely so that you and your horse can move forward. Now, if you would like a little bit more help with this, as I said, we've been working on it all this month inside of Connection. I'd love for you to join us over there. You can find all the details over at stridesforsuccess.com forward slash join okay i'm gonna leave it at that i will chat to you next week keep well and be good bye